With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Scala Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we have a rant about the WIU's handling of last weekend's fixtures. We have a chat to Alan Waters from Pembrokeshire College, County Under-15s and 10 RFC. We'll pick our teams for the Ospreys game coming up this weekend. And despite what I tell you earlier in the show, there are fixtures this weekend. They're just cup fixtures, not league fixtures. And I was only looking at the league rundown. So we'll have a quick rundown of all of the cup fixtures for this weekend. Joining us on the early part of this sh- this week's show are Martin's kids. So uh, uh, a big helping hand from them to help us make sh- uh, make sense of everything. A big welcome to them. Let's get on with the show. So here we go again then with another uh, Westerer is Besterer podcast. I've renamed it. I renamed it officially now. I've changed. I've changed the logo and everything. Well, I've not changed the logo. I've changed the title of the the podcast. So it's now officially Westerer is Besterer because I couldn't think of anything better. And other people were coming up with funky stuff, and I couldn't. De- I couldn't get anything better. So um, I'm here with with my main man Martin. How are we, Martin? How things? I'm good. Happy to be here again. How are you doing, Lee? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. So, we were going to talk about the the rugby last weekend. So, and then nothing happened. And I don't know about you, mate, but I was, oh, you know, I was, uh, we what, two weeks? That would have been the second week into the, the, the um, local season, if you like, for the smaller clubs. And it gets called off. And I think the way it was handled, not only the fact that it was called off, but the way it was, was called off was just shambolic, was was how I saw it. Well, what did you think of, of the way last weekend was handled? Yeah, well, um, it's obviously an awkward one with everything that's happened. I mean, I can understand wanting to do a mark of respect and everything, but to Maybe what they done, like they done the English Premiership, they called off the Friday games and pushed them to the Saturday. That would have been a fair one, but to knock everything on the head all across the board for over eight teams, it just, it just didn't make sense to me. I know. I mean, if uh, over 18s were not playing, but under 18s were, and you just think, well, why? What's, what's the difference? Is there a different level of risk? And, and for me, I got really knocked with the the way that WRU kind of handled it. With you know, we're waiting on government for government to tell us what to do, and then the, there was a there was a post on the on the government website saying it's up to you. There, there's no expectation for you to cancel games if you want to play games. That's fine. That's not a problem. And then for the WRU to be you know that was out 
early in the morning, and then they're still dilly dallying yeah, through the day. You know, it's what are we paying? It was about for? Friday mid morning. It came out, wasn't it? Yeah, because I know I, I was I was waiting on the Scarlets and Dragons uh, announcement, and they were just sitting on the fence. They were just okay. T- time was ticking on. And mm. When I saw that, I which I saw, it's going to go ahead. Happy mm. days, and then everything just gets cancelled. I mean, it just it just doesn't make sense. Not not even in the not even in the short term, it makes sense. No, I knew you, and the WRU. Are not there to to um, pay homage to the royal family. The WRU's job is to look after the, the the game of rugby in Wales, you know. And yeah, some people may have wanted to pay their respects to the Queen. Crack on! Nobody's stopping you from doing that, you know. It's a minute silence before the game or whatever, you know. Nobody was stopping that, but to uh, you know, clubs have got. You know, you take how much money the Scarlets would have shelled out for Friday night, expecting the the dragons to come down, and then nothing. You know, and that, that's a whole load of income that we'd have planned on. That's all gone, but the outgoings still gone out. Yeah, XRC is twenty four hour. Well, winning twenty four hour. It was twelve hour notice. Yeah, You've got to pay everything at that. That sort of uh, cut off. Yeah, and you know, for for me, it just the way it was handled was just. I guess an example again of why we need uh, a, a different way of managing the game in Wales. Business people, not just club men, essentially. Yeah. We just had the beautiful sounds of a two-year-old Daisy and a little bit of a four-year-old Fia. So if any of you bought that, that's cool, my kids. <laughs> and, and and to be honest, I think they'd probably make a better job of it than the WRU would anyway, mate. <laughs> yeah, some of the things they do is, uh, you know, there's a lot of logic goes into it. Yeah. Well, for me... Like we were saying about the WRU, I think we got too many people running the game who are more interested in how many letters they can get after their name and how many, you know, who they can influence and who they can get an award off than they are actually looking after clubs who, you know, some struggles. Clubs are really, really struggling. They're struggling for players. They're struggling for. Uh, for supporters, they're struggling for money. You know, they're fighting to survive, but it's okay because some guy in Cardiff wants to get an MBE, so he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna." Do, do you know what I mean? It it really knocks me the how out of touch with the reality of the outcome of their decision. These guys make a decision, and they're not in touch with the outcome of the reality of it for for small clubs you know but... it, it, it seems to be a lot of i'm not i can't just say self-serving is in their own interest but they focus on their club and if it's good for their club they, they don't care about the rest yeah yeah and that's not what their job is their job is to to serve everybody so anyway that's 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 my rant over that's my <laughs> That's it's. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of clubs will be feeling it. I think a lot of clubs will be. I, I had a look at the fixture list, and I 
think that by pure chance next weekend is a weekend off for minor league clubs. Um, for some reason, Division One and the Premiership are playing, um, but no, I can't see any fixtures below that, so they might just bump them all a week. But I say organization and and consideration is not the WRU's strong point at the minute. But there we go. I'm not going to do it, mate. I'm not. I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to go have a rant because I've already had. There's not enough hours in the day to go down that route. <laughs> The, the amount of earache I've had off the wife already with, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't care. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just completely going off on one. But, yeah. I, just uh, think... I, I think my wife has got it down. She literally she turns to me and says, you know, I've got no interest in what you're saying. I said, yeah, okay, well, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to respond, but you crack on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like shouting at the telly. Mine goes, they, they can't hear you, you know. So, so anyway, let's let's have a, a, a chat. My main thing this week was I have a bit of time on my hand. Uh, actually, if I we recorded this, so, so I um, I've been trying to have a chat with um, Alad Waters, who is by far and away the busiest rugby man in Pembrokeshire. Um, and yes. I recorded this on the afternoon of the eighth. Um, so a couple of hours before everything went a little bit tits up. Um, so yeah, let's have a, a, a listen to the the interview I did with Ali. So Ali is the uh, let me get this right now. So he, he's with County Under 15s. So he's a he was a coach. He's now kind of director of rugby, kind of that role with uh, County 15s. He's coach and um, head bod, if you like, with the Pembrokeshire College. And he's assistant coach with Tenby RFC as well. So if anyone knows what's going on with the pathway and with local rugby in Pembrokeshire, it's going to be Alid. So let's have a listen to what Alid's uh, got to say about stuff. Let's have a listen. Okay, so we're here today with probably one of the busiest men in Pembrokeshire rugby, uh, Alid from uh, from the college, from County 15s and from Tenby. How are things going, Alid? How are things, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. No, you've nailed that to a T, really. I am, uh, I think, I've got more clubs than Tiger Woods at the moment. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's the thing that people forget. You know, being a coach, most of us have been a coach of one club here or there. Yeah, how on earth do you cope with three, you know, completely separate entities? How how difficult is that to manage, right? It's tough. It is tough. Like, being based here in the college, I've got, like, the college team, playing the college leagues um we've got the jewish shield um so narbeth rugby club with my job as a hub officer that's my club i um like kind of look after so i'll do like say different cpd events and go to junior training sessions um i've got i'll be well i've been with the scarlets uh, under 18s girls as a forwards coach i'm now this year with 10 seniors as well so yeah there's, there's a fair few and it is a struggle but i think i'm slowly starting to get into the rhythm now I usually get my first warning off my wife around about kind of mid-September where it goes, oh, that's too much rugby. You need to, you know, you need to leave it there. And you, and I'm not even coaching anymore. So you you must have that warning, you know, constantly, you know, that's too much. You you need to yeah. go and do other things, you know? Yeah, yeah, I am getting that um, quite regular, to be honest. Um, 
And like some, I, I'm I'm the worst. So like, if we finish a session at half, say seven, then I end up talking for half an hour. So like, say we have a coach's debrief, and then there's another half hour go goes. I'm just getting. I don't text you saying dinner's ready or whatever else, and I'm like, uh, oops. <laughs> so, so let's talk about County 15s first, then, mate, because I say that's yeah. I think loads of of people, particularly players and supporters will be aware of it. We'd have been through it in school when we were there. How has it changed? What, what's it like for the boys at the minute? You know, what's the process going from playing in school to being selected for the 15s? Um, it, to be honest, it's, it's changed quite a lot. Like I remember when I first started, there was the likes of myself, well, Shush, Steve Martin, uh, Martin Rogers was involved. Um and yeah, it was really good training out the backfields by Prendergast School, I think just off the back end of, of Halford West High. So now with the new staff that we got, the hub officers throughout well, Pembrokeshire, so there's um, myself. So I'm kind of, with because I'm with the college on a Monday night, I've kind of gone as a, a head of rugby type role. And then Tom Reddith from Fishguard, he's taking the reins as a head coach. Um, we've got Mike Jones from Halford West High just, just in there now as a hub officer, um, just taking over from Chris Rumbleau. So he's taken over for um, well, doing the backs and stuff. We've got Reese Fawcett, ex-Welsh international under 20s, uh, Scarlet's Dragons, and um, I can't think of who he's been with now. Scarlet's Dragons, Ospreys as well. Um, you me fat. But, and we've got Dan Fields come on board as well. So we've got a nice team um, around us. We've got Gethin Vogue is still, still involved from Priscilla School. So he's in like he's in more of the background, and then when the seven season comes out, he loves a bit of seven. So, yeah, it's the way it's changed over the years is is nice, and you can kind of see that bit of belonging. So we've got like an Instagram page set up, our Facebook page set up. Um, I like to go and open it. Look, and yeah, and we've like we've teamed up with Macron. So Macron kind of come in, they've. They're doing our off-field kit. So Chris up in Macron, he's been he's been outstanding with us, to be honest. Um, and we've got new playing shirt this season. So fingers crossed with all the good sponsors coming on board. It is looking good. That's a massive... It, it's a much more professional than, you know, when I was playing, we literally had to nick a set of shirts from school, from, from whoever wasn't playing that week to, to kind of play, you know. And training was something that, kind of happened when enough people were available so it's a really professional setup so far so so how uh, when did you start with this year's bunch of boys when when do you start selecting with with, with those guys so obviously post-covid we've had two two groups um we've had a few good well a lot of good players come through so we've had yori badham signed the scarlet's academy contract he was with us straight after covid and Max Boswell, then second rower from down Pembroke, he's in the extended academy squad. Um, then we went on to the group that I went to watch with the Scarlet 16s West last night. We've got 16 boys in total in there. So once we got those two two groups out of the way, because they were well, not sounding like that, but because it was two short, short seasons, this mm. season is our first season of a full Jewish Shield. Mm. So we started um, back just before the schools finished, because then we'd still have con- uh, contact with the PE teachers the hub officers um, who can liaise with the with the kids. So we started. It was, it was to be honest, it's probably one of the best ID sessions we've done. It's been long, it's been challenging, but it's been fair across the whole board. 
Mm. Um, so our nominations come in, I want to say, the middle, start to middle of July. So we were writing everything out. And to be fair, myself and Tom doing all the admin stuff. And it's surprising how much actually goes on behind the scenes. So we had 108 nominations around that figure wow. of boys coming in. Um, yes, some can make it, some can because of holidays and vice versa. So that got cut down um, after a six-week block. So we trained once a week for six weeks in Pembroke uh, School because that's where Reese Fawcett is currently as a hub officer. Um, so we cut that down to, I think, roughly around, say, around the 50, 50 to 60 mark, I think it was. Um, and then because what we've done with the last group, we carried too many people. Um like we had a massive, massive squad from the start and we want everyone to have a fair shot as we can. Um, so what we've kind of gone with this year is a bit of a smaller squad with the possibility of bringing boys in as the season goes. So, mm. yeah, we've done another four four weeks of training out of Pembroke RFC this time um, and we've managed to get the squad down to 35. So it's been tough. It's been tough. It's been grueling, but we've like, there's a lot of great talent around Pembrokeshire. Sometimes we forget the kind of quality of players that we do produce in Pembrokeshire sometimes. That is, it is easy to forget those voices. To start with 100-odd players, you know, that must be good for you as a coach. Yeah, yeah, it, it is good because, um, like, you've got loads of numbers and, like, any coach will agree with me here. The more numbers you have in a training session, the more flow you'll get in a training session and, and stuff like that. But then, like, what I what at the very start, if if players don't get, and that's not the end of the rugby pathway. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's still loads of opportunities along the way for that player to maybe not at 15s or maybe not just yet in 15s, but they might get maybe after Christmas, or if nothing happens from there, they they say come to college, they play in the college league. There's there's loads of different avenues. It's, it's a bit like spaghetti junction in a way, where there's loads of different ways leading to one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's and that's the key message I brought across from the very start is this might like some boys will be disappointed, but it's not the end for sure. Yeah, and I see that a lot. I mean, the boys, particularly at that age, they develop at different rates. You know, there's you you quite often see, uh, uh, and they usually end up at number eight or, or second row. Somebody that's had a, an early development spell and they shaving at half time sort of a thing and then you know by the yeah. time you get to 17s or 18s it's all kind of balanced out but it's, it's very easy for those youngsters yeah. to kind of go oh you know because somebody's a bit bigger and all that kind of stuff to that you, you're going to miss out on stuff or you're, you're not as good as them whereas actually you know everything kind of levels out after a couple of years doesn't it definitely definitely yeah, cool. So, what what kind of season of the of the fifteens got ahead now? Is it you said we're back into a full dual shield? How many matches is that, mate? When when's the first game? So our first game is the seventh of October, under lights at Tembi RFC. We are hosting Keradigion. So a bit like with the last group we had, we're staying regionalised for the first few games. So there's us, Manith Mauer, Clatley, Kamarlinsha, as well, and Keradigion. So we're up against Keradigion first. Um, and then we're looking to, well, we've got a bit of a break then, so one team will have a bye. Um, so we, we'll probably, hopefully, if we can, and if, if we're able to, take the boys outside of outside the Scarless region um, to hopefully experience, like, going to likes of 
Bridge End, uh, maybe up the valleys or somewhere like that, so they can experience some some well, like big boys. There is yeah. some big boys like like you said. But see, when I was with County, we played. Um, who did we play? Pontypridd schools, and Burnell was coaching. So he coached a senior yeah. team, and he was coached a senior team then. And we turned up, and there was like about four of us coaching, and two on one side of the pitch, two on the other, and we were literally doing hand signals across the pitch with, you know, with someone so right. And they, they turned up with yeah. six coaches. They were all mic'd up. There were two cameras, one at the far end of the pitch, one one on the side of the pitch. And I think they had three physios. They had a massage. They brought their own massage table before, just in case it wasn't a massage table. And we were kind yeah. of sitting there. We were, It was half an hour before kickoff, and we were going, okay, we're just waiting on one more because he's had a late day in yeah. school, like, you know. So, yeah, it's... Um, Sometimes when you're playing Pembrokeshire rugby, it, it does you good to go away and play some of these bigger, bigger sides because it opens your eyes to it, doesn't it? And, and what's out there, like, yeah, you know? Totally and you don't, you don't have to go into, you don't have to go to the likes of Cardiff or, or Swansea or anywhere like that, or even up North Wales. You all you got to do is kind of even, especially like say the local teams on here, just go play in a game in Snesley or something like that. As soon as you like say cross that Pembrokeshire border, there's some big fellas around. Um, but yes, it's a great it's a great challenge, and like like you said, it's that it's that mentality just to get out of Pembrokeshire, see see the actual the game from the other side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, cool. Well, I, we we wish the boys all the best of uh, the season, and we'll be staying in touch with the game and covering the games and all the all of the interesting bits certainly. So once they've been through under 15s and they're amazing and and all of that, then they obviously all come to you at the college. Is is that how it works, mate? <laughs> Yeah, that is that is the idea. Um, we do play in the college league, um, which is, in my, in my opinion, one of the best leagues in Wales. Like this is where a lot of Welsh internationals do kind of turn up from. Um, whether that's Welsh internationals at 18 years old, or whether that's like future um, Welsh internationals. I remember when I was in college, um, the likes of Ryan Elias was in the same college as me. Um, you had Josh Adams in the same college as me. Um, and all these boys like playing like weekly against like the likes of uh, Jared Evans from Cardiff. So it's, it's that is the that is the plan for the boys to test themselves um, by coming to college, studying college, and then also playing their rugby. Um, and like this year, well, Philly, we had Lloyd Phillips in charge, and Lloyd's obviously gone off to uh, Slandovery College now to work and to and to coach. So wish him all the best. But um, we've got Matt Jess is now on board with us. Um, for the ones that don't know who Matt Jess is, he's an ex-premiership um, winner with Exeter, Exeter Chiefs. So, yeah, Matt knows his stuff. It's, it's, it's been nice. It's his first weekend with us this week. And just the amount of learning I'm taking from him is, is spot on, really. I think that's always been the bit where Pembrokeshire players have kind of fallen down, where we, they'll go through the under-15s and then there wasn't really that stepping stone up to like the, if you if you had a decent club support you were probably in a better position or if your mum and dad could get you up the line or something so having the college yeah. there was a, like you say decent coaches when your facilities uh apart from obviously having a home pitch <laughs> but you know the facilities yeah. the training yeah. facilities are, are really good aren't they yeah yeah like we like we train on a monday morning so we use the likes of harry Tudor down in pembroke for the 3g um, and then yesterday when we played our game, we played in Narbour. So we've got good links in Narbour, so that being my hub club. And then when Lloyd was here, 
ex-Narbeth player many many years ago. Um, we've got good relationships. So um, yeah, and it's it, like the nice thing is we do go out into the community. So we, we've used Tenby before, we've used Nayland before. Um, so yeah, it's just showcasing close to everyone that comes to colleges all from around the county and you're kind of playing around the county a bit like under 15s really. Mm. So what what's the best away game then for county? Because uh, you know it's uh, for for the college. How far away is uh, is a normal season going to take you then with the college? Um, well, it, it varies. If I'm honest, so yesterday we were at home, like, and I know in we got a bye week next week, but the following week we go up to Cardiff in the Vale. So they're based just near enough for the Cardiff City football. Um, stadium is <laughs> in November I think it's my fifth year here and it'll be the fourth time that I'm going up to North Wales <laughs> so we've got um, college Landreslow away so, yeah but then it's, it is a trek but it's, it's good for the boys because they've got to spend so much time on the bus together but then most well every time I've been up there we played in Park Iris so they get to witness a, a great display um so yeah we do we will be on a trip up there in november then see and that's that's the one you want before christmas and it does <laughs> it you always yeah. want the away game the big away game like your last game just before christmas and you can have a bit of a a, a bit of a fun session on the way back so what does uh with your college team then you're obviously up again like you say you're playing against the likes of cardiff and you you know you're competing for essentially you're competing for players at the minute anyway with, with the likes of college cigar and you know some of the, the colleges further away how difficult is that for you as a coach to kind of you know to encourage boys to come and stay and play local and to because we say we we've got the talent there, we've got the raw talent, but when you start losing players, it becomes more difficult for you, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it is tough. Um, it's like when you've got the history of what College Cigar have got um, and Llandovery College, the players that they've kind of brought through their system, um, the players that have come from down here and gone up there, and like you said, when, with the facilities on site, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a no brainer for them. Um, the travel time is quite quite a long time, really, unless you are quite lucky and pass your test in September. But that is the hardest part, is, is keeping the players. Mm. But I think with what you've got in, in place now, with uh, you know, so the coaches, the, the systems that you're putting in place in there, and it is a slog because you have a turnover every year, don't you? You, you? It's not like you can build a team over the next four or five years, but certainly I think with what you've got there now, the next three or four seasons are going to be really good for the college. I think you will attract more. Certainly that's, that's got to be the aim, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it is tough. It's, you're going out there and all you want, ideally, is the boys to do is, is put a good performance in. Um, and that's not saying that by coming here, you won't, be part of the Scarlet's under-18s or anything, because you've had the players in the past, like Jack Delaney, Max Page. Um, they've both come here. You've had Max Rodeloda has come down from Newcastle. He's now in um, as well. So you have, you have had these players come through playing here weekly um, in the College League. And yes, they've moved on, but at the same time, they've they've been a part of, been a part of the system here. So there's no reason why um, you cannot get into the into the um, Scarlets Scarlets um, 18s, and we got like the likes of Yeston Wood now, uh, Rowan Smith, who are 
well, Yeston's already in the Scarlet 18 system, has been playing them like the new boys who've been part of the under 16s West going into under 17s. We've got quite a few of them here in college this year, which is good to see them hopefully progress now throughout the season. And of course, when you're playing for the college, there's a chance of getting your mug on the box, isn't there? With with rugby paub, and is that the week when all the boys go for a haircut and they get their fake tans done? Is it? Well, I spoke to one of the boys this morning because we have got a televised game, hopefully the end of September. Um, and I spoke to him this morning because he's currently injured at the moment, but he should be back for that game. And he's already said I booked my haircut for the day before. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think he's uh, got himself out ready for that. It amazed me watching rugby power through COVID the amount of haircuts that was. I, I'd spend the first 10 minutes of the game just looking at the haircuts and going seriously, and you couldn't do any yeah. better than that. <laughs> 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 Are you Fingers crossed, we'll have a decent set of haircuts. At the very least, we'll have a decent set of haircuts yeah. for this year's season. Definitely. <laughs> Fingers crossed, anyway. <laughs> so, so when they've gone through college, so they, so they come through you with under-15s, then then you look after them until they're about 18, 19, and then they come to you at Tembi then after that, is it? Yeah, so I've been very fortunate this year to be, um, well, coaching with Tembi seniors now. Uh, so John Evans, my ex my ex-teacher from school. So I went to Greenhill School before going to college. Um, and it's, um, yeah, just the way he's kind of, him, we got Ozzy Boswell, uh, Andy Barlow, and uh, Russ on match days and in training as well. And we got the likes of um, Harry Bolton there, the chairman, doing a great job. But the way that John kind of said it to me was he wants homegrown talent who went to school playing for the local club. Um Far say maybe a handful of boys, but near enough everyone in that team has either come through well the junior section in Tenby, or they've come through um, well from the local area. So yeah, it's 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 a great environment to be in, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, yeah, so hopefully now we have a good season in Div Two and just see where it takes us. Hmm. And I think that's the way Pembrokeshire clubs are going to have to be now with developing your own talent, bringing your own boys through, which it always used to be that kind of way just because, you know, transport links and this, that and the other. And then when everything became professional and there was a uh, a load of money floating around, uh, you know, with teams, not necessarily Tembi, but, you know, teams were, um, you know, buying players in and what have you. And we, we did lose that kind of local development. But I think now it's definitely one of those things where you have to develop your own players. You have to have a strong system of, of, of bringing people through. And as a coach, it must be good because they, they've been with a club, you know, they, they, they're part of the club, aren't they? And we've got like some coaches as well in the first team that are giving back to the junior section who are coaching like the different ages within, within the rugby club. Um, but then it kind of relates to me back to when we first started with the Jewish Shield back in um, July, that if they don't, make it as a professional which everyone wants to we still want to play rugby and that is hopefully for their local clubs because the last thing we want to see especially in Pembrokeshire is is like first teams folding Um, we want to see as much talent coming through Pembrokeshire and represent us at the top level but their grassroots is so important it's all about keeping the area thriving and and especially with and all the other clubs that have been in it's it's great to see that good thriving junior section 
Yeah, so so just still talking about Kala, like bringing players through, it, it must be uh, that must be one of the good parts of the game. When you when like you say, when you see somebody coming through from fifteen, and then you're working with them in a senior team, and you're going like, do you know what? This is good. This that's that's what coaching's about, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's all about like just seeing how far that player goes from the fifteen. You see like a a, a young a young boy who wants to play rugby, wants to be the best he can. But then if he goes into that senior environment, which ain't at a high, high level, but just to see him still enjoying his rugby, goes out after a game with his mates on a Saturday or if there's, like, say, um, a bit of a social after a game on the bus, it's good to see, like, kind of everyone is all buying into the same thing. Like, to me, that's what the rugby values are, really. You kind of you play as a team. Um, you win, you lose as a team. And that's what that's that, I think that's one of the key measures for me, especially when it comes to grassroots and part of that rugby pathway, um, like into your just senior club more than anything. Hmm. So, first week of the season was a good one for Tembi. So what what can we yeah. expect for the the rest of the season at Tembi then, mate? Um, yeah, good win. We had mumbles on the weekend just gone, and we all said before the game we we, like, we were expecting mumbles to, to to come down and be a top a top fighting team for hopefully promotion for them this year. Um, our scrum kind of stopped them in their tracks, really. We had several um, several scrum penalties. And, yeah, when, when it was time to score, we kind of, that last pass was very important for us and we managed to get over the whitewash. Um, they did score last play of the game to bring the score and kick the goal to bring the score to 25-24. Yeah, it's about... It's about Bouncing on now. We can't live in the past. You've got Carmarthen Athletic away Saturday. Um, and as long as you have those two good training sessions within the week with the coach and staff and then bounce into a Saturday, I think that's all we can ask for, really. Take each game as it comes. Mm. Um, there's no, well, we're only in, what's it now? Today's the 8th of September. So there's no point looking too far down the line. We kind of just got to take week by week, really. Mm. So when Mumbles kicked that last kick and, and they're back to like one point away, how many pairs of pants did you boys go through in those last couple of minutes? Where <laughs> you're just like, oh, come on, ref! I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it's time now, isn't it? <laughs> Fortunately, it was last play of the game, um, but we we were up in there 22, and then we had, gave away a few penalties, which kind of rolled it down down into our own our own 22. And yeah, to be fair to them, they they executed a, a big overlap and scored in the corner, but. We were all like kind of looking at the referee as soon as the, as soon as the kick was made. We were like right, and then he blows up, and it's just that bit of sigh of relief, just thinking, right, we can breathe. We've stopped yeah. the big heavy team coming down to us, and yeah, it, it was a nice feeling. But and, and it builds a squad, doesn't it? It builds when you particularly those close games where you just edge it, and either one way or the other. I, I find that those ones they really kind of it's a good game, a, a good celebration in the clubhouse after, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And like we've got a new bar now up on the field as well as the clubhouse in town. So we were opening, well, we, had, we, we did have a few beers after the game to celebrate and to open the bar. Um, but yeah, it just, you bring that group together and I think everyone's excited now to get back to work ready for, ready for Saturday. Oh, fantastic. So a couple of key questions to finish off now, mate. Now, now don't worry about this, okay, because all coaches that I've spoken to go, ah, oh, Lee, man, don't, don't, don't do this to me. Yeah. How much is a pint of beer in the, in the bar? Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sure. I want to say, 
I go bought my first one on Saturday. So I want to say it's about four quid. Four quid a pint, I think. <laughs> There's going to be a time where, where coaches in Pembrokeshire go, oh, I'm going to have to start buying beer for the boys just so I know how much a pint of beer costs when, when Lee asks me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the key question for everyone that visits Tembe is how easy is it for you as a coach if you're coming up the hill, how how many goes does it take you to get round and into the car park? Or do you go up, turn round at the school and then come back the easy way? I'd do the easy way just to save the embarrassment myself. Um, yes, yeah, so if I would just go straight up the road, turn either in the hotel there or just after, and then by the school and come back down instead of just saving the embarrassment. Because there is a bit of a lift as you go in. So the last yeah. thing you want is your car from the corner. The, the the very first training session I went to Tembia, um, somebody, I can't remember who it was, it was a copper, I think, and he had this well-tidy BMW, and he tried to make that turn, and you could hear the scrape on the on the lip, because yeah. it, was, it was quite low set, and as it was going up, and I had my mum's like old Renault, uh, Renault 11 or whatever, <laughs> Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try it. I'm not even going to, you know, okay, we're going to go up, we're going to turn. But uh, at some point, somebody in Tembe will will change the entrance to the club and you've got everything then. You've got the whole package then, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a great setup there, to be fair. And, like, it's a nice town of advice. It's, it's one of the best grounds in, in the county. It's nice and flat. It's wide, floodlit. You've got a bar up there now with a nice balcony. To be fair, everyone in the club and the committee, they're, they're doing a great job, like say, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, to be fair, Mumbles did come down thinking they were coming for a nice sunny day in Tembe, but it was quite miserable. <laughs> it had a proper Pembrokeshire welcome. My friend, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I wish you all the best for the season in all three teams. You'll probably have another couple of teams uh, under your belt by the end of the season as well. But we'll catch up again at some point, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. All the best. Thanks for me. Cheers, Bob. So it's really good to hear from Alex. Um, he's a really, really top guy. He does a lot of work for for Pembrokeshire rugby, and most of the kids that have been, uh, you know, pretty much anyone under a certain age in in Pembrokeshire will know who Alex is, and all of their parents will know who Alex is. So, yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be around a long time, and he's going to be a um, a big influence on. Pembrokeshire rugby as a whole and a lot of Pembrokeshire players. So, yeah, big thanks to, to, to Alid and uh, good luck to all his teams through this season. So that brings us to the important part, the big game. This is, the, 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 there are various other games going on this weekend, I believe, you know, apparently, but there is only one game as far as we're concerned. Scarlet Ospreys, Saturday night, five o'clock-ish, five, five thirty. What time what time's kickoff, man? Is it five or five thirty? Be television one. I think, it? I think it's five fifteen. Yeah, it's a television one, isn't it? But then it's not on TV. It's 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 not on terrestrial TV. It's ugh, biggest Yeah, game it's on is... Premier Sports so and they like to they like to, they like to have a full day of everyone following each other, don't they? Yeah. So what do you make of having a um you know, potentially our biggest game of the season, our certainly our biggest um, home game in terms of how many people are going to attend. What do you make of having that at the start of the season? Make good thing or bad thing? Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm going to say bad thing, just because you know it it is the biggest game. You want everyone 
you want everyone on form. You want everyone fit. You you want to be able to play your best game. And first game of the season, you, you're still knocking all the cobwebs and the rust off. Uh, mm. Some internationals are not, not available. So it, it it's a bit of a downer for me. I mean, the idea behind this starting your season with your biggest derby is brilliant. But in practice, I, I don't think it 100% works. Mm. See, I, I, I'm the other side of the fence. I think it's a, it's a good thing just from a player's point of view to get you know that first day of the season, you want to be, you want it to be a big thing. Do you know what I mean? It kind of sets the tone. Yeah. So that's why it's good to have a, you know, your first game of the season being a home game. It, it does give you a bit of a, a lift. And I think if we can f- start the season, particularly if we have a good game, yeah, if we have a good game and we put the Ospreys away the way we should, and it's a good open game and it's an interesting game to watch. It will generate, you know, more support through the season rather than doing it, you know, halfway through the season. Let's say it's, it's the Boxing Day game. And by then you're halfway through the season and then you get a bump in the crowd and then you might pick up some more supporters for the rest of this year. So it, I think it's a bit of a gamble. And I, I know what you mean about, you know, not having international players. But for once, for once, I think that works in Scarlett's favour this time because a lot of our I don't think we're going to be missing too many players who went uh, on the summer tour you know I no think, uh, I think it's only hard you know yes it's going to be missing yeah so you know and we saw with the English Premiership if those players really want to play they'll play do you know what I mean there's I'd, I'd say probably um, Hardy is is probably easier to make that step back just because, you know, Elias, is he was right at the forefront of it. And uh, if anyone needs to rest his body, you know, it's, it's going to be the Welsh front row. So it's, um, but yeah, but even, you know, without Hardy, we've still got a decent backup where I don't think the Ospreys do. I don't think they've got, I don't think they're there yet with the strength and depth that no. I think we've got. No, it's uh, they they they're half backs. I I mean, you know, Gareth Anscum and Stephen Myler, they are uh, they're main two at the minute. Um, they have obviously Anscum has been played that much, and coming off the tour, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing or at least not starting. And Myler mm. isn't uh, that that top class player that he has been in the past. And if you move down into scrum half, then obviously Reese Webb is is the top talent. Um, personally, I think he should be he should still be getting selected in Wales squads. You know, playing is a different thing, but he should be in and around that squad. But behind him, I I don't really know of anybody. No one's actually stood out from what I've watched in the past. Whereas if you look at us, we've got three pretty top class scrum halves really: Gareth Davis, Hardy, and Blacker. And you know, even if we go further behind, our our academy boys are, are pretty hot at the minute. Mm. See, I I think of all the positions, scrum half. I think Reese Webb is overrated. I have done for a long. when when you analyze his game, um, when he passes, he takes he picks the ball up, takes two steps back, takes a long swing. And 80% of his passes are behind the player. 
And I just think, I think he's an influence on the pitch. He's a bit like Alan Wynne Jones is at the minute, you know, who has been a great player in the past, but he's more of an influence on others at the minute than an actual player. Whereas I think for us, you know, our similarity for that would be someone like Ken Owens, you know, who's been around and, 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 been there for God knows how long, obviously out injured at the minute, but his influence on other players around him is probably more of a an impact on the game than what he actually does, if you see what I mean. But Yeah, I, I get you. It's having that that sort of knowing that sort of player is with you. It, mm. it builds you up and it mm. sort of raises the standard slightly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the team for for Saturday then. So obviously this this podcast will go out on Friday morning before they release the team. So uh, personally, I think they should adjust it to Thursday just so we can record it on a Thursday night and, <laughs> and then have a chat about it and we publish it on a, on a Friday. But, you know, that's just me being selfish. But I, so That would be ideal. I mean, they do name the squad Thursday themselves because they are the captain on Friday morning. So, yeah. you know, it's, there's no reason why they can't tell us. I, I think if we ask them nicely... <laughs> we 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 might be allowed, but yeah, I doubt it. So, so who have you who who are you putting in the in the workroom, mate? Who have you got up front in your side on Saturday? Uh, my front row, I got Stefan Thomas, David Hughes, and Javan Sebastian. Mm. See, I'm not a big. Is Sebastian going to be tied by because? He went on the Scotland tour, didn't he? But he didn't play. What did he? I think uh, he played a. He came on. I, a I think he came off the bench uh, once or twice, but he played in our first pre-season game, I think, and he was named on the bench for the uh, postponed game. Right. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that he is. He's, he's the main guy. Yeah. See, I. I'm. I'm very much sat on the fence with Sebastian. I don't know if he's. It, you eat a prop for me. You either want someone who's an out and out animal at the set piece, and you can then almost forgive his work kind of in the loose, or you want an animal in the loose who's going to be rampaging and making breaks and this, that, and the other, uh, and kind of copes with set piece. And I think Sebastian kind of he sits halfway between the two. He's okay. He's pretty decent at both, but he's not outstanding at either. And that, that for me is, I don't know, I'm just not seeing it. Maybe I'm not seeing what other people see. But for me, if he's gonna if he's gonna have if he's gonna make that step up, it needs to be this season. And and he needs because I think he's got a lot of pressure in our squad from, you know, when you go down and you look at people like, you know, Harry O'Connor will probably get a, a Welsh cap at some point. Will Griff John has had a cap. Kemsley Mathias, under-20s, is probably going to get capped at some point. Samson Lee, rock solid. You know, Steph Thomas, Wynne Jones. You know, we, we, we got a lot of really decent props. And I think he's going to struggle come the end of the season with... You know, if, if he doesn't make that breakthrough, I think he'll go 
to Scotland. I think he'll he'll go to a Scottish team and he'll just play in Scotland. And yeah, I, just... I I think he's going to go to Scotland regardless. Mm. Like I I don't know if we still do the uh, non Welsh qualified quarters in the squads anymore, but mm. you know being Scottish tied and we do have you know pretty good relationship with them on player release. And mm. as such, it, it, it is a bit of a hindrance having a player from another country that's an international in that respect, at least from one of the home nations or France or Italy. Mm. Mm. So, well, so for me, obviously my first choice props would be Wynne Jones. But, you know, I, like we were saying, I'm not so sure that he's going to be there. But So I've gone for Steph Thomas as well. But then, see, I get confused with front rows and tight heads and loose heads. And who's to me, they're all just the big boys up front that I used to hide behind when there was a fight. <laughs> so the ones I'd be hiding behind them and going, "Yeah, go on, boys, go on." So uh, you know, I, 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 I can't remember who's tight and loose to be honest. But for me, now the player, now bear with me on this one, right? The player that I want to see on the pitch, not necessarily the best player. But the player I want to see on the pitch is Will Griff John. Purely because, right, like I say, bear with me. If you have a look at his photo on the Scarlet's um, website, that that is a photo that needs to be seen in reality on the pitch. He's shaving his head, right? And he's got one of these, like, big, long handlebar moustache, things like that. So he's a bit like... Um, a, a great, and I wouldn't say this to his face. I'd call him sir to his face, obviously, but he's like a big, um, fat seventies porn star that's lost his wig, <laughs> you know. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna go with that look, I'm thinking that you must have a bit of confidence and and got to back it up, yeah, yeah. But in all honesty, he's one of those players that. You know, again, same as Sebastian, needs to make a breakthrough. The, the he came with such a big reputation, and he is a talented player, and he can scrummage, and he is good in the loose. We just haven't seen it, you know. And no, he hasn't done anything really. He's only had a handful of games. It's mm. it's it's a, it's a bit of a concern when you you look at the you know you're signing players to do a job. And then you're not seeing it, which is obviously unfortunate. And there are there are lots of reasons behind it. We can't just all just say, "Oh, he's not, mm. he's not bothering." Mm. But yeah, it, it, he hasn't had his chance really to show what he can do in Scarlet's colours yet. So it mm. would be good if he has, if he can step up and really show us why he was brought in. Yeah, and that's what I think sometimes as a player you get to that point and you go, "Right, okay, I'm I'm going to have this now." And I'm gonna re- and I hope that this is the season and the game. I hope he gets an opportunity, and I hope he does go and show it because he's got a bucket load of talent. He's undoubtedly a really, really talented player. I just I, I want to see it. I want to I want to see the evidence, and we know it's there. And it's just one of those frustrating. It's, it's a bit like Rob Evans, you know, last season, where we all knew how good Rob Evans was. We all knew what he can do with a ball in hand. We all knew what he could do in uh, in a scrum. And then you just it was injury after injury after injury. And you're just like, you know, it's frustrating for the player because they want to be on the pitch. 
and it's frustrating for a fan because you want to see them, you want to see them play, don't you? You want to see yes. them do what they do. But yeah, it's, and when they're coming back from injury, you, they, there's always that over eagerness. Like I, 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 I think I saw that a lot from Rob when he was coming off the bench the last few games of the season. He was given away a penalty or two as soon as he was coming on, mm. and that over eagerness. Although it's good to see it can go against you on times. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I guess. Fingers crossed. I think the front row battle, I think Ospreys aren't necessarily racked up with with front row at the minute. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a, a an interesting... I think it's going to set the tone for the next two or three seasons, the, the battle up front. But there we go. So who did you say you had at hooker, mate? Who, who are you going for? I hooker? had David Hills. Hmm. See, I've gone Taylor Davis. Oh, no. Just again, there's a facial hair improvement this year. He's got a moustache as well, that just kind of um, sets him aside from others. But I just think the way he was playing with with the dragons at the end of last year, there was a there was a bit of fight about him. Do you know what I mean? There was a bit of determination. And again, when you look at who we've got at hooker, you know, Ken Owens, Dal Hughes, Ryan Elias, Sean Evans, Taylor Davis. None of those are, 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 are slight players. Do you know what I mean? Any one of those will do a job on a Saturday. You know? Yeah, they they all they all have that bit of grit about them. They all like to get stuck in, and they will leave their heart on their sleeve. There will be nothing left of them when they're walking off that pitch. Mm. It's like I, I agree with you. I rate Taylor Davis incredibly highly. I I do think that the Dragons have downgraded. With signing Bradley Roberts, I th- I think Taylor Davis is on par with Elliot D, if not above him. Mm. Can't remember if I said that before, but uh, j- just for the fact that Davies has been starting the pre started the first preseason game and he was down to start last week as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with him because he's got a little bit more match fitness about him. Okay, mm. see, match fitness for me was never a thing. I was never match fit, so I did, I never really knew what match fit meant. So. <laughs> So, who have you got second row then, mate? There's a... Yeah, this, this is... A, it might be controversial to some, but there, there is a plan in there. I think everyone can agree who our two best locks are, and that is Lousy and Fafita. But I'm going to go for Tom Price and Fafita to start, just so we got Lousy on the bench to have that impact after 45, 50 minutes to bring his energy in. So you're you're hoping that someone's going to sit there and wind up Big Sam for forty five fifty minutes, just like a one of the little wind up toys, wind up and then just whoosh, <laughs> off you go and, and and try not to get sent off, mate. I, yeah, I agree with you that the, the the two best second rows, but then are they similar players? Do you know what I mean? They're both. Um, you know, having those two in loose play, if that game breaks up on on Saturday and it's loose game and there's you know you're getting forwards popping up outside centres, well, the, those two on their own are going to run away with the game. Yeah, it's going to be the and that having them both on the park for the last thirty minutes, I think, would hand nicely to that because hmm. that's when the players are going to be dropping off. And like we were just talking about the front row. I don't think the Ospreys replacement front row is going to be able to cope with out a replacement front row. So we can't have those that like the lock come on. Mm. Mm. See, but then we 
we've got a lot of players in that second row who are they're not necessarily you know when we lost Jake Ball when Jake left it was uh, you know trying to replace him I think we've struggled I think I think that's why Fafita's come in to try and bring a bit of grunt I think that was why Callum Afoni came in to, to replace that ball carry in second row to have somebody that's going to give you 10 metres every time and when you look beneath um, Sam and Veya, there's nobody there. There's a lot of potential there, but there's nobody there that's really put their hand up and gone, right, this this is my game, like, you know? Yeah, I, um, I know what you mean. I, I think that uh, probably not for another two or three years, but I think that Jack Price and Morgan Jones are going to be our locks for, well, over the next decade, probably. Mm. And I... Neither of them have that athletic build. They're both pretty chunky boys. Mm. So uh, I, I would hope that they're going to be very similar to Jake Ball in that standard where they, they have a lot of weight in the scrum and they, they hit rucks and they carry hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, they brought in Griff Evans this year who, you know, it's a big opportunity. You almost you need that those players coming through to you know, say right, here's an opportunity. On on you go, take the opportunity to kind of give that emphasis for some of those players that might have been there a couple of years that are going. Actually, yeah, I need to go up again now. Do you know what I mean? You need that competition, and I think second row is is the one area of the pitch where we haven't recovered. We haven't recovered from Jake Ball, and we haven't recovered from uh, Tad Byrne. You know, no, when all. you when you had those two boys on the pitch, you, you had someone who was going to take the ball forward, make you the hard yards, be a bit of an enforcer. Anyone stepping out of line was getting a little tug on the ear and a little chat from Jake saying, I don't think that's an appropriate way to conduct yourself in the way that he used to. And then you had Tad Byrne just wrecking everything around the rest of the pitch. And I think, would you know, we built so much of our game back then on those two and the way those two played that it's really affected us. So I'm hoping, same as you, you know, for Fita and Luisi, I think they're, they're, they're the players, they're the top two. I just want to see somebody come from underneath and go, right, okay, actually, guys, here's your pressure. You know, here's, here's something else. Here's a couple of extra boys. And, you know, we have got Josh Helps in there, local boy, you know, Narbuth boy. So, you know, fingers crossed he can be one of those. I see Josh very much like a, um, a, a Tad Byrne in that he's mobile around the park. But he just needs to, to kick on and show it this year. He really needs to, to put his hand up and show it. And, and everybody wants him to because we know what he can do. And... It's just, yeah, I guess a bit frustrating. Second was a bit frustrating at the minute, isn't it? It's just a bit. Mm. When you take away those top two, yeah, it's, it's all. It's always been a difficult one, especially especially down west. We don't tend to produce that many uh, giant locks uh, in these parts, do we? So it is always a case of recruitment and development. Mm. Well, fingers crossed, some of those boys can come through this season. So. Back row. So on on the website, Fafita's listed as back row, but I I see him as in that tad bin kind of mold where you're sticking a, a 
a back rower into second row because you've got another second row that can hold a second row. So who who have you got in the back row, mate? Who's your, who's your back three? row? I'm uh, I'm I'm putting all my faith in Dwayne, and I'm naming the same same three Blade, Lazana, and Callum Forney that he did for both preseason games. And I, I think that's a, a probably bang on of what he's going to name for this weekend as well. See what you're saying there is like I'm a starter when I know my stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what you're saying there. It's, I, I've gone, <laughs> I've gone for uh, Blade, Calmophony, and Josh McLeod, and and I, I think Lazana to come on again. You look, you look at that back row. You know, I know. Uh, Two Pelotu's out at the minute. Dan Davis is just coming back from an injury, isn't he? Um, yeah. Do we say Shingler's out for yeah, a Yeah, Shingler's short... taking a bump as well. He's, he's not out for long, apparently. Yeah. But again, you know, that's that's still... Our, our second line of back row are probably higher than most other people's... I'd say they're, they're on a level with most people's first uh, first chunk of back row it, maybe not with Cardiff I'd say Cardiff have got about 25 you know, international back rows but uh, you know they're going to lose at least half of them through the season but I just think we, we, we've got real strength in depth in our back row and adding the likes yeah. of yeah the only place I see us not quite having that depth is with Callum Afoni at eight, I know uh, Blade, Lazana, McLeod, they all can cover that position, but we don't have that out and out number eight replacement yet. Like, mm. obviously, you mentioned uh, Carwin to a lot, do it, and he is a great prospect, but, but that is all he is at the minute. He's a prospect. Mm. So, uh, and he's been out injured with a, a foot injury or something, but. I think once he, there were just there were a couple of signs from him when he was playing at the end of last season that you just saw. Oh, he's, you know, he's a bit, t-. and he's still a young guy. You know, in terms of number eights, I think he's twenty-one. I think. So, no, you, I, you I don't think. I think he's. I think he's twenty some point this month. I think he's. St- I think he's still only nineteen. I'll have to double check. Is yeah. he? But he's wow. really young. And you know. For for someone that young to be competing at the level he was last year, you know, I like I say, there's a lot of potential there with him, but I definitely see him as the long term kind of um, not replacement, but someone that can take some of the pressure off. If you with me, yeah. So yeah, so I I've gone for Blake Thompson, Josh McLeod, and Calmafoni. I just because I want to, I I just love watching Josh. I just. I could sit there and watch the guy all day and he will just wreck people left, right and centre. And I think that's, especially when it's the Ospreys, you know, watching the Ospreys getting wrecked at, um, at Rucks and, and what have you, is it's a pleasure to behold. And I, I he's, he's another one of those players, you know, we're, we're absolutely stacked with open sides in Wales at the minute. But when, when, when he's on form... He's bang up there, you know. He is the number one seven in Wales, including Tommy Raffle. You know, he he outperforms Tommy Raffle when he's on form. So if he can stay fit through this year, you know, for me, he's a number one seven in Wales. But yeah, well, he has had uh, two opportunities to get capped, been named twice mm. in the side, and got injured literally after the side being named. It, it must be so heartbreaking for the lad. Mm. They say third time's the charm. Yeah, 
But I, I can see if he can regain his form, I think he's the key to the way we play the game. But yeah, we we need that Jackler. We need that those turnovers coming back, and we saw a bit of it from Lozana in the against Bristol, but not to the level that uh, McLeod does it or mm. anyone has in the past for us. Yeah, cool. So. Well, that's that's the workhorse boys up front. Now we'll have a look at the pretty boys in the backs then. So first pretty boy, um, I I've gone for Gareth Davis just because I I just I don't think you can if he's available and fit. I don't think you cannot look at him. So who who have you gone for scrum half mate? Yeah, I'm Gareth Davis as well. There's just, there's just too much too much dog about him. He is. A nuisance. He's everywhere, and mm. I, I think having him shooting up in the defensive line is invaluable. And his running lines, his support lines, they're better than Hardy's in in my opinion. He mm. is the way he follows through through play and gets in the right positions. It it is it is purely mm. brilliant, and it helps out the team massively. Yeah. And, and again, you look at who we've got there, like you were saying earlier, Archie Hughes, Dane Blacker, Kieran Hardy, Harry Williams as well. You know, that's a, that's a, a stack of, of scrum halves that can all do a job at, at a senior level. So I think you know, I think Dane Blacker was the top try scorer in scrum half in uh, uh, in the URC last year, you know, and he's probably our third choice you know, re- realistically. You know, yeah. he's Gareth Davis, Kieran Hardy, you know, and then you've got Dane after that. So you've got your third choice scrum off, top in the try scoring charts. You know, that's uh, insane not, stuff. Can't go, can't go wrong with it, can you? <laughs> no, exactly. But, uh, exactly. I, think, I think Dane's going to take face some serious competition this se- this season with Archie and Harry. I, th- I think Archie mm-hmm. is, is just above Harry in the pecking order at the minute. But I think both of them are going to be fighting with Dane for that third spot. Yeah, it's going to be a battle and a half, and it? it's it's great to see, and it's a shame we can't put two of them on a the pitch. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> we might convert one of them to hooker. You never know. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> so we we were talking last week about outside half and our concerns. Well, not our concerns, but you know, it just takes one of them to. Yeah. So who have you gone outside half? For... I'm going with Patchell. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think we, if he's we fit. haven't seen much of Gareth Davis and Reese Patchell for years, and mm. the one or two times we have seen them together since they've been outstanding. And mm. yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone better than Patchell at running the game in Wales yeah. from 10 minutes a minute. So I, I'm putting my faith in with him. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. And I think if we can keep Patchell fit through the season. Um, he just he's got that control, isn't he? Like you say, he just I don't know, every time he gets a ball, you just feel like something's happening. You just feeling like this is it. You know, there's we're going somewhere when he's with all due respect to to Dan. Dan's a great kicking controller and he's a great kind of he'll put you in the right places, but you never feel like he's about to make a step and go. You never feel like there's a bit of a dummy kid. And and Costello then probably the other way. He, he's just so much of a live wire. There's always something happening. And sometimes, you, oh, boys, let's, 
let's just stick it 50 yards down the pitch and 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 play from there sort of a thing and i think that's what patchell gives us is that level head control of the game that we need so yeah i think patchell's got a bit to prove within himself as well being injured for so long picking up a bit of form towards the end of last season going on the tour I think he's going to want to really play out of his skin now for this season. It's, mm. He's had a one-year contract extension, so it, it might be his final year with us. So I, I, I'd hope that he wants to try and leave with some of his best performances, if not a medal of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, he deserves it. He deserves it. So who have you got at centre, mate? So when you look at our centres, there's not actually, we've got a lot of utility backs that kind of fill in at centre. So, but out and out centres were not stacked in depth. So, who who have you gone in the centres, mate? Uh, this was quite difficult for me. I mean, I I was always starting with Jonathan Davis at thirteen, just because the only other real option I I saw myself was Joe Roberts, and he's injured, mm. and I'm just fighting over my head. Scott Williams, Johnny Williams, who's starting? Who's on the bench? Who's starting? Who's on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> so I've narrowed it down and I've finally gone for Scott to start and Johnny to come off the bench just because he's a bit more of a physical type of centre. I think it'd be better to have him come on with some tired bodies around him. Mm. And I, I had exactly the same as you. Just I've gone the other way. I've gone to start with him and, and batter them to start with and then bring Scott on to kind of, when the game is breaking up, you know, we can make make the move from everywhere. The The one person in the centres well he's listed as utility back but Corey Baldwin for me I'd love to see him regain some of that form that he had a couple of years ago you know before he went to Exeter there was so much potential there so much excitement and I just it didn't happen for him at Exeter it's not really happened since he came back I just love to see him I'd love to see him at 13. I agree with you, Joe Roberts. I think yeah. he was superb, but I'd love to see Corey at 13 and just have a crack at it, like, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% for this. It's like he's only ever played on the wing for us, as far as I know. But he has played all of his, you know, academy age, good rugby at 13. And obviously, there needs to be some sort of progression planning in place because, you know, Foxy John Davis isn't going to last forever. So I think we've got three games towards the end of this first block. I think it's like Zebra, Connacht and Leinster. I, I might be wrong with that, but I think those three games might be an ideal time to just, you know, use the shirt, have a run, let's, let's see how you go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So wings and fullbacks then? After uh, they finish doing their hair, like, you know, once once they've done their makeup and their hair and they've got their, got their tans done, who, who are you putting up fullback? Fullback, I'm sticking with Tom Rogers. Uh, I I see him as the future. I know some people might put Johnny McNichol there, but you know Lee Penny, he is coming back. He is mm. going to be our starting fullback once he's fit. But for the future, it's going to be Tom Rogers in my eyes. So I I fancy getting playing there as much as he can now. Okay, see, so, yeah, I said because I've gone the other way around. Like, I've got. Combi on one wing, Rogers on the other, McNichol at, at 15. Just kind of McNichol gives us that bit of extra um, bite and attack. He can just see a gap. And I think maybe that's where Tom Rogers comes into it in the future. But 
yeah, for me, McNichol, Combier, and Rogers is is the way forward. But yeah, I, I I'm exactly the same. I've got I've got McNichol and Combier on the wings, so yeah. our back three choices are the same. We're just swapping Rogers and McNichol <laughs> around. My friend, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again, and I think uh, uh, we'll sit and wait and see how accurate our our team selections are. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for a good game, and uh, we won't do predictions. We're not going to do predictions, mate. No, <laughs> let's, let's do a prediction. Come on. <laughs> we go, okay, we got one minute left on the recording. I'm going to go with thirty-five twenty to Scarlet. I, I'm going to go for the exact same scoreline we had the last time they were fans in the park for this match, 44-0. <laughs> so at that point in the recording, our our availability ran out. Martin had to shoot. Um, we had to kind of knock it on the head. But um, it was good to have a chat with Martin, and he'll be back again next week. Maybe with the kids, maybe without, maybe with different kids. Who knows? but we'll be back next week to have a, 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 another chat about this weekend's games. So things we didn't have a chance to tell you about was our new Twitter feed, which is Scarlet Pems. So we used to have a Twitter account called Scarlet's Pems with an S. Scarlet's Pems. Um, but I'm going to be honest here, guys. We forgot the login for it. And when we tried to reset it, we forgot the login for whatever email we used to set that one up. So we just set up a new one, uh, and it's Scarlet Pems or Scarlet's Fans Pems. If you search for either of those two, you should be able to find us. So give us a like because um, we're vain and, and we like being liked. But only you'll, you'll find all of the stuff as well from the podcast and from the Facebook site um, and all of that kind of stuff. It'll all be in there and it gives us a chance to have a bit of a banter with some of our friends as well. So you may also want to have a, a look at our other Twitter site and our other podcast, which is the RAP podcast, Welsh Regional Rugby a, you can stand forever you want, and P, podcast. So um, that is WRRA podcast uh, on Twitter. You'll find us there as well. And that's where we discuss more of the regional stuff. And this is where we discuss all of the, the local stuff that leads into the Scarlets. Okay. So if you want to get hold of us on the show, please do. You can email us on Scarlet's PEMS. That's scarlets with an S, scarletspems at gmail.com, or you can message us through our Facebook page, or you can message us on Twitter. And we'd be delighted to hear from you, and we'd be delighted to report on your local club and know what's going on. And if there's anything that you want to have a shout about or talk about, then please do just let us know. So, just before we finish up today, guys, I'm going to run down all of the. Um, fixtures for this weekend so um if there's anything i miss on there like i say i've, I've quickly put this together because i read completely the wrong list i read the league list not the cup list and it's cup weekend apart from narbeth narbeth are playing uh home to bargoid in the championship this weekend and everything else is in the cups so the way they've done the cups again this year is in uh like small pools to start with so um and then it goes on to further cup competition okay so the fixtures for this weekend are Krimich are playing at home to Glidneath in group j of the division one cup 
Pembroke are at home to Bryn Ammon in Group K. Whitland are at home to Ammonford in Group L in the Division 2 Cup. Milford are at home to Bridgend. Tembe are at home to Hale Acue in Group I. Uh, sorry, Milford are in Group H if uh, if you're interested. Fishguard are at home to Porth Call in Group J. And then in the Division 3 Cup, we've got St. David's away to Bryn Corch in Group G. Langham away to Abercrave in Group H. Pembroke.Quins are away to Vardra in Group J. Nayland away to Carmarthen in Group K. Harford West are at home against Ammon United in Group L. St. Clair's are away to Congorse in Group N. And Cardigan are at home to Slander B in Group Oh, so like I say, hopefully, fingers crossed, Saturday night we'll be able to bring you a quick rundown of all the scores and they'll be there ready for you on a Sunday morning and you can wake up, have a cup of tea on a Sunday morning and get fully up to speed in all of your Pembrokeshire rugby. We'll be back with you next week, guys. I hope to speak to you again. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Besterer. Cheers. Podcast Network.